Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Oh, man. Takeover Church, how are we doing this morning? That excitement level does not match what the Lord is doing in this room. Takeover Church, how are we doing this morning? This morning has been absolutely wild already. Who, who's ready to receive from the Lord today? Who's, who's already received more than they came for from the Lord today? I know I have. I want to shout out my beautiful wife, Adrienne, for that incredible spoken word in the beginning of service. Let's go make some noise for Adrienne. And two, I also, um, there are always unsung warriors, and I wish I could stand up here and gush about how awesome everybody who serves here at Takeover Church is. But can we just make the wildest noise ever for two incredible individuals, uh, Pastor Lexi at Takeover Kids and one of our core members, Shani, who are in Takeover Kids right now. So mom and dads and everybody can be in here and join. things that aren't in this room and they are incredible for us. Yeah. So we're so grateful. Merry Christmas. How are we doing? Merry Christmas. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love Christmas. I'm so, I did not always say that. There was a time in my life, my wife will testify. Uh, I was a Grinch. I don't know what it was. I was very spoiled growing up at Christmas time. Uh, so I don't know what the beef with me and Christmas was. But now, the Lord just softened my heart. I just feel really good. Really good. Y'all ready for the Word of God? Yes, sir. Fantastic. We are in a series of church right now called... Eight weeks. Eight weeks of this. So it's like branches below. Uh, Okay, so roots above and branches below. That's a series that we are in. And if you're new with us this morning, quick recap. Basically, what your roots run to... Ready? will always determine what your branches do. What your roots run to will always determine what your branches do. Basically, we have taken a long amount of time and we have excavated, we have examined, we have looked at our lives, where our root system, where we get our validation from, our nutrients from, where we are running from, where we are growing from, or where we are dying from. And we have... We have evaluated what that looks like to determine whether our branches, which is why we're rooted above, and our branches are coming out below, whether or not what we are doing, how our fruit is coming along, what we are, what God has called us to do here and now in this earth, whether it's fruitful, healthy, multiplying, or is it dead, dying, stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. That has been the whole goal of this series. The series will probably continue. I kind of thought through Christmas, but I feel like the Lord isn't done um, dispositioning us for the kingdom of heaven. I feel like, I mean, he's always up to that, isn't he? He's so good and so faithful, and he just wants us to look more like Jesus every single day. And so it's probably going to continue. Yeah, who's grateful to look like Jesus every single day? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He is the reason for the season. All right. (laughs) I can wake up and make a full time. At the same time. It's impressive. 
All right. Actually, the Bible says a weeping man has the seat in his heart, okay? So pray for your pastor. It's in Proverbs. It's a real thing. Um, all right. Title of the message is, if you're taking notes, are you ready? Yeah. Christmas 2020. Yeah. You can't really say 2K anymore, can you? No. No, because we're be now in a new right. decade, kind of. All right. <laughs> FIFA said 2K. Okay. FIFA did. Title of the message is, A Christmas Breakthrough. A Christmas breakthrough. Not Christmas breakthrough. Not a Christmas breakthrough. But a Christmas breakthrough. Super specific with our grammar today. We will see how long that lasts. Okay. Y'all ready for the Bible this morning? Yeah, let's go. Who's got the word of God already with them this morning? Who brought up B-I-B-I-L-E? Come on, somebody. Take up on the sky Bible if you need it. Coming out of John 14, 12 through 17. Woo! It's going to be on the sky about ready. These are just Jesus speaking to his disciples. Truly, truly, I say to you, how many of you know when Jesus says truly, truly, he means truly? Yeah. How many of you know when Jesus just opened his mouth in general, he says truly? Yeah. Come on, somebody, everybody. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What did he just say? I will do it? I will. Did he say sometimes? No. no he said will. Did he say part of the time? Will. Did he say if you still have an alcohol problem, I'll think about it? Will. He said, I will. I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Amen. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it is neither, it, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Do you know him this morning? Yes. Come on, somebody. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. We're going to pray. And then we're going to see what the Lord will do with that. Sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, what a privilege and honor. What a privilege and honor it is to be called a son and be called a daughter. Yeah. What a privilege and honor it is to be a church in 2020. What a privilege and honor it is to be alive in 2020. What a privilege and honor it is to be able to celebrate Christmas in 2020 against all odds, God. Known to man. God, you have a plan for today. So whatever that is, God, come like the wind. Move us out the way. Holy Spirit, come and do your thing. We don't want a good message today. We don't want a good worship today. God, we don't want to leave with anything on our tongues. God moved in me today, and I will never be the same. So come and have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Mighty, powerful name of Faithville Church said. Amen. 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 Come on. If you're a Holy Spirit headed way in the house today, make some noise. Yeah. 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 Woo. Phil, I love you. All right. Just want to say that. I saw you over there. You're my guy. Sat on the pole for an hour and a half, 8 o'clock in the morning one day. He's a legend. He's a legend. All right. A Christmas breakthrough. Yeah. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I really, 
really do. This is new. Like I said earlier, this is something that has recently happened to me. I don't know where it came from. I can only say it was God above in heaven because I did not always used to be that way. Like, I love getting gifts. Like, I do. I love giving gifts, and I love receiving gifts. Hello. Yeah. You ever read that book, uh, Five Love Language, Gary Chapman? Yeah. I'm a man, so I'm like, touch, words of affirmation, touch me again, and I like gifts, okay? And I like giving gifts, all right? I love it, okay? Gary Chapman, Five Love Language, help me out. Um, <laughs> somebody's like, he said, touch me again, that's funny. Okay. Anyways, back on track. Christmas breakthrough. You see, here in 2020, we are coming in to the end of the year. Who is grateful? That 2020's end is upon us. Yeah. Oh man! I was worried. I was I was kind of thinking that might have got more praise than God, and I was like, okay, we're gonna do some adjustments. We're gonna do some adjustments. God is still better than 2020 ending. But 2020 is ending, and I think right now, more than anything, more than anything in the world today, what the world is hungry for, what the world is thirsting for, what the world is dying to see, dying to have. It's not gifts on Black Friday sales. It's not making sure Christmas can be the bomb. It's not a job. It's not advancement. It's none of these things. I think what the world in 2020, as we are skirting around the track into 2021, what they are in desperate need of is A, Christmas breakthrough. And now I know the phrase is a Christmas miracle. I know that's the phrase. I know that's the real glittery and cute nativity sets. And I know there's a miracle on 34th Street movie from 1970, something that nobody's ever seen and nobody cares about. And there's a little boy going, gee whiz, Willikers, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I know about me. And I look at the world around me and I don't see anybody enamored with a Christmas miracle. I think we are in desperate times. I think we are in desperate need. And I think our world isn't looking for some glossy, pretty nativity set with Jesus in a manger. I think they're looking for God in heaven above who's still on his throne to come down to flip the script on their life and on this season, in their marriage, in their relationships, in their workplace, and everything they got going on. They don't need a Christmas miracle. They need the God in heaven, Val Parism himself, the God of breakthrough, Amen. to come and burst through in their lives. I don't know about you, and I don't know what you came to church today for, or what you came to the house of God to receive today, but for me and myself, and what I hope the world gets from this message, and it's my cry this morning that you will leave here, wanting God to break in to your life. Some of us, heck, we want God to break us out of our lives. Some of us, we came here today thirsty and ready to receive anything because it would be better than anything we heard this entire week. And some of us, we are at such the end of our rope that we're saying, God, I don't know about breakthrough, but a breakout of 2021 would be great. And I believe today, that God is ready, willing, and able to make good on your breakthrough. Yeah. 
Do you believe it this morning? But I believe the only question of whether you receive that breakthrough is are you ready for God's breakthrough? Are you ready for God's breakthrough? Here in this moment of scripture, we see Jesus just being Jesus. Who is grateful for Jesus this morning? Come on, Christmas Sunday. No, I'm grateful for Jesus. And I'm grateful for this moment in Scripture here. Jesus is with his boys, with his disciples. And Jesus is prophesying about how he is going to go to the cross. This is the moment he is telling them, he's breaking it down. And he's saying, yo, I got to go. It's done. Game over. This is how it's going to go. I must go to the cross. I must leave you. I must go beyond. It is better that I go to the cross. I see some of us in this room right now are probably wondering the same exact thing these disciples are wondering, which is why on Christmas Sunday, why right in front of Jesus, are we not talking about God's entrance into the world, but rather his exit from the world? You see, Jesus, he's not He's not a dumb man. He's not a blind man. He can see the look of confusion on their face, but the difference is, is that Jesus, fully man, fully God, is fully aware of what his purpose is here in the world. He is here to come for us. He is here to die for us. He is here to rise for us. And he is here to tell the church, to tell his disciples, it is better that I go. And so while we came to hear about a baby in a manger, rather Jesus wants us to hear about a Lord and Savior who is leaving by laying down his life. Jesus is far, far less concerned with you getting in the Christmas spirit, and he is far more concerned with getting the Christmas spirit inside of you. Jesus is far less concerned in this moment with us getting in the Christmas spirit And more concerned with getting the Christmas spirit on the inside of us. He is fully aware. In this moment, the boys are looking at him the same way some of you are looking at me. And you're going, Christmas is about Jesus. I know that. Christmas is about Jesus. But I think the question we need to ask ourselves today is what was Jesus about? Christmas is about Jesus, but what is Jesus about? Christmas is about Jesus, but what was Jesus about? Was Jesus' chief concern, really, that we would be so excited about nativity sets, so excited about wise men, so excited about all of this Christmas glam and glitter and glossy and perfect little Christmas miracle? Or is Jesus more concerned with us rallying around the Holy Spirit, us living a life that looks more like Jesus and not just fans of Jesus. Can I tell you this morning 
Jesus, his chief concern when he came wasn't that we would show up on a Christmas Sunday and merely be fans of Jesus, but we would be faithful followers of Jesus. Yeah. This morning, he's meeting with us. Two or more gathered. There he is in the midst of us. He didn't come for people who are big fans of Jesus looking for his autograph this morning. No, he came looking for faithful followers of Jesus who are hungry and thirsty for more of his word, yeah. more of his spirit, more of his presence. His presence is a present. Great theologian, Kanye West. Jesus, in this moment, he's with his boys and he's prophesying about his death. He's going, I'm going to the cross. I am going to the cross. And it is better that I go. And the boys pump the brakes on the conversation. You know, Peter said something stupid. He's like, pause, Jesus. Who pauses God, right? Idiot. <laughs> I can say that because usually it's me. No, 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 we'll back up, back up. What did you say? He pauses Jesus and his boys are looking at him like many of you are looking at me right now going, wait, 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 wait. What is better than being here with you? And Jesus goes, well, everybody being able to be here with me. Jesus, 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 what could possibly be better than watching you do miracles? Open the eyes of the blind. Multiply the loaves and the fish. What could be better, Jesus, than watching you perform miracles? And Jesus is looking back and saying, what could be better than watching me do miracles? Watching you do miracles. Makes us uncomfortable, that thought. Makes us uncomfortable, that thought, because here's Jesus and he's saying, hey, man, I've had a heck of a run. 33 years. Three years in ministry. God has done some big things, hasn't he, boys? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, remember that one time the guy with the arm and it stretched out and awesome, yeah, yeah. Remember that one time you told the guy to go dunk something down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that one time that you would like come out of your village and he came and he could see and all that? Yeah, they're all just getting stoked and they're remembering what Jesus had done. And then he goes, what comes next is even better. How can that be, Jesus? How can that be better? How is there better than this? 33 years, let's get 33 more, let's go. We are about it, about it. Remember the time Peter was walking on water and he fell in? Like, come on, cool things are happening. What do you mean there is better? This has to be it. And Jesus says, it is better that I go. Because if I go, if I leave you now, if I go to the cross, if I go and I die a death and pay a debt that you could not pay and you should not die, if I go and do this for you, what my father does next will radically change this world. So much so that 
It's more than a Christmas miracle. This will be a Christmas breakthrough. This is God splitting the seam of a veil from heaven's side down. This is me saying it is finished when a spear is pierced through my chest. This is me saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done. And with his final breath, the ground begins to shake and the world goes dark. And Jesus is laid to rest in a tomb. Stone is rolled in front of it. One thing people don't talk about on Easter is how being down in the tomb, unless you were God, made that stone impossible to move simply because of gravity. Couldn't do it on your own. Couldn't do it while you were in there. But that's our God, isn't he? Mm -hmm. It's not in my message, but some of y'all are finishing 2020 like you feel like you were dead in your tracks in a tomb fighting an uphill battle, trying to roll a stone out the way. Jesus already has. Yeah. Yeah. The only stone in your way, the only tomb you find yourself in is in Jesus. He has moved that stone. You are saved, you are sealed, you are delivered in him. Jesus in this moment is telling his disciples, I cannot stay here and neither can you. Friends, we are, we are finishing a year right now that the world hasn't seen since 1918. The Spanish flu, which by the way, killed 50 million people. Devastating. 1918, there wasn't even 7 billion people on the planet like there is now. 50 million people is a lot. These are unprecedented times because of the world in which we live in. We're closer than we've ever been. The internet connects us more than we've ever been. And right now, the world is at a sprint race for a vaccine, for a medical miracle, for a parliament and government to get their stuff together. And everybody, everybody on earth right now is waiting on a move of God. Even if they don't know it, even if they don't recognize that it's Him, even if they don't recognize that they are in desperate need of the Creator of the full-on universe, they are waiting on a move of God. And this morning I came to tell you as well that heaven is equally waiting on a move of God. While the world is looking to vaccines and stimulus and elected officials and all of this other stuff, and we got our Twitter fingers ready and hot, God in heaven is looking down saying, you are a move of God. I have given you my spirit. I have given you my name. I have given you an assignment. My spirit is above it all. My name is above it all. And my call for you in this life is above it all. And so while they're looking for a medical miracle, God is looking for you to be a Christmas breakthrough in your world. Yeah. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit 
may come. Jesus, I don't want you to go. No, 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 it's okay. He's already with us because he's in me and he will be in you. He's with us. He's in me. But when I go, he can be in you. It's not okay that I stay here, that I stay in a manger, and I keep this Holy Spirit to myself. What will radically change this world is when Jesus can't just be with 12 people, but when Jesus can be with all people who would call him their Lord and Savior. The Christmas miracle is far less about a baby in a manger and far more about the spirit of breakthrough inside of you. We want it to be about a baby. We want it to be about a manger. We want it to be about Mary and Joseph and the craziness there and the three wise men and the star and all of these things. We want it. Problem is, is in that story you will find a limited supply of power. But in this story, the whole reason that he came, the whole purpose and intent behind heaven sending Jesus is not so that we can worship down at the altar of nativity, but that so we can worship at the altar of Jesus and that he would put his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Yeah. It wasn't so much so that we could be stuck in our tradition as much as it is the reconciliation that Jesus paid for between you and him. Jesus paid for a reconciliation between you and him. Matt, that's the story of Easter. No, that's the story of Christmas. Because it's better. Because it's better. It's to your advantage. Later on in this very same book, in two chapters later in chapter 16, Jesus literally reminds his disciples again. This is it. This is like the night before. He's really about to go for it. It's really about to happen. Things are about to get nuts. And he goes... Stop! It's to your advantage that I go. I said it was better before, and now I'm imploring you. This is to your advantage. Right now, with me here, 33 years, I gave you 33 more, you would be at a disadvantage. How can that be, Jesus? Because I can't be with this body with all people at all times. But if I go, if I die, if I rise again, not only can I remove from you the penalty of sin in hell, I can give you the power of heaven here and now. It's to your advantage. No, Jesus. It's to our advantage that you're here. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? What's going to happen after you die? Friends, Jesus couldn't stay a baby forever. Jesus couldn't stay in a cute little manger forever. Jesus also couldn't stay dead forever. Yeah. 
And I came to prophesy in this house this morning that heading into 2021, if Jesus couldn't remain a baby, neither can we. Oh, come on. Let's go. If Jesus couldn't remain in a manger and fulfill his call on his life, then neither can we. Right. If Jesus couldn't stay dead and down and silent in a tomb, then neither can we. How are we going to finish this year out? How are we going to start 2021 now? Because in 2020, do you know what the world doesn't need? doesn't need you as a baby. It needs you as Jesus at 30. Amen. The world don't need you. Your family don't need you. Your workplace don't need you. Takeover Church doesn't need you as a baby. We need you as Jesus at 30, getting baptized by the Holy Spirit and starting your ministry. Amen. We can't stay here. This isn't who we are. This isn't what we're called to do. I love the baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Just like the Jesus version better. We all heard it. I love Joseph. What a bold man to say, you know what? I'm going to follow the call of God in my wife's life. Ain't nobody looking at the scripture like that. To endure slander and gossip. And check out Mary. That's crazy. Right? That's a stock message for Christmas, right? Mary? How incredible is that? How incredible is that? The wise men being led by the spirit and presence of God to baby Jesus and his family and this whole situation coming through with frankincense and myrrh. My prayer today is that we would be led the way the wise men were led towards a place called heaven. Yeah. Towards, towards a person called Jesus. Yeah. I love that. But the end all be all chief concern of heaven has never been that we would stay here, that we would remain a baby, that we would remain a child, that we would stay down when 2020 came crashing down over us. I came here today with what I hope and pray is the most motivating, convicting message of all Christmas time, aside from Jesus' arrival himself. Because I want to remind us who we are. 2020 has robbed so many of us in this very room of who we thought we were, of who we thought we would be, of what we thought we would accomplish. Some of us have straight up just forfeited who we are, what we thought we could be, where we thought we would go, simply because of this year. This year, like the enemy himself, has come to kill, to steal, and destroy, and has robbed everyone in this room of something. But we can't stay down. Because the Holy Spirit heavyweight always gets up before the count of ten. Yeah. Holy Spirit heavyweight always gets up before the count of ten. Before this match is over, we will win. But you can't win if you don't get up. Friends, this world is in dire straits and in desperate need of a Christmas breakthrough. And I came here to tell you today, the Christmas breakthrough that we're waiting for is not a nitty-gritty vaccine. Christmas breakthrough that we're waiting for is not politicians. 
the Christmas breakthrough, a Christmas breakthrough that this world is in desperate need of in 2020 as we round the bend into 2021 is none of these things. It's you. You are the Christmas breakthrough this world is in desperate need of. Is this good preaching? This is us. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit may come. The world won't understand it. They don't foresee him. They don't get him. They will not understand you. They will not get your culture and why you're coming to church on Christmas in the midst of a pandemic. But boy, let me tell you, it is better. It is better. It is better that I go so that we can do this thing, so that you can be the Christmas breakthrough. You have authority. Somebody say, I have, I have authority. 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 Now say it like you believe it. I have authority. There. I'll try that again a little bit. You have authority. Do you know what happens? Do you know what happens when authority goes unrecognized. Do you know what happens when authority goes unrecognized? What? When authority goes unrecognized, the believer will never walk in what they are called to be. When authority goes unrealized, you will never understand the amount of freedom that's available to you. When authority goes under-realized, you will never understand the amount of freedom that's available to you. Can I switch it up real quick? When the authority of the believer goes underutilized, you know what happens? You will never exercise the amount of freedom that's available through you. Oh, can I say that again? Is that okay? Can we hit the repeat on that? When authority goes underutilized, underemployed, underdeployed, under set out to do and accomplish its mission set before, when it goes underutilized, you will fail to exercise the vast, exhausted amount of heaven's freedom that's available through you. You are a Christmas breakthrough, my friend. You are a Christmas breakthrough, friend. Friends, can I encourage you with this this morning? Your authority is everything, but when you don't walk in your authority, you will fail and you will fall to anxiety. When you fail to recognize your authority, do you know what happens? You don't believe out of authority. You believe out of anxiety. When you fail to recognize your authority, you don't pray out of authority. You begin to pray out of anxiety. We have got a world right now that has waited, waited 10, 11 long months at this point in time with bated breath. And they are joined by Christians. You know what bated breath means this morning? I'm having real fun with definitions lately. You know what bated breath means? It means to live and wait in a posture. Somebody say posture. posture. In a posture of anxiety and anxious 
anticipation. Nervous anticipation. Friends, Christians, hello, somebody? Do I got a Christian here? Somebody say, hey. hey. Christians, we don't wait with bated breath when we got the breath of God on the inside of us. We don't wait with bated breath when we got the breath of God on the inside of us. You have got the breath of life filling your lungs at this moment. While the world turns and waits and stalls out with bated breath, living from a place of anxiety and anxious anticipation and nerves of what might ever happen, what might not ever happen, the worst possible outcome, we don't wait with bated breath because we have the breath of God that fills our lungs since Genesis 1 when he breathed life. You have got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Jesus coming into this world has far less to do with getting in that manger as it does getting his spirit in you. When you are a believer, and your authority goes unused, you will be chained to your anxiety. You will be chained to fear. Friends, can I encourage you this morning that prayers out of anxiety is not prayers from authority? Prayers out of anxiety out of anxious anticipation for a future that could happen or maybe won't happen or you don't know because you're not God and you don't stand out the side of time. Those kind of prayers, anxious prayers are not prayers of authority. Right. Friends, when you're praying and you're believing from a position of anxiety, you are not living, praying, and believing and fighting from a position of a son or a daughter. You are you're not fighting at all. You're just anxiously waiting as a slave. A son and a daughter, they pray out of authority because they know what their father has made available to them because he said it's better that I go. It's better that I go because my father's going to make the Holy Spirit available to you. A son and a daughter, they pray, they believe, they fight out of authority because they know what God made available, my healing's available, my provision's available, my marriage being restored is available, my future is available. But when I begin to pray, attempt to believe, and even think about putting my fist up to fight out of anxiety, well then I'm living from a place of a slave in a relationship to his master because a slave never knows what or when or even if a master will make anything available to him. Friends, if you ever find yourself in an anxious place, anxiety is not filled with authority. Anxiety is not filled with authority. I came today with a Christmas breakthrough. I wanted to God, I wanted to have God break into our lives as we round out this year. This is doubles as a as a New Year's Eve message, okay? As we go into 2020, I felt like God just wanted to say to this church so you can proclaim this to the world. This is who we are. 
We are people of authority and not of anxiety. We are sons and we are daughters, and we have no use for anxious and nerves and anticipation. We have nothing available to us except great expectation of what our God has already gone to the cross to make available to us. This is who he is. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? So often this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves just wanting a feel-good Christmas, especially this year. But so many of us, we are coming up on this line, going to 2021, where it's Christmas and the holiday and the season isn't even, 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 isn't even rejuvenating us. It's not even making us happy. We're not even gleefully approaching it. We're just dreading another holiday with family or friends because we just want to scoot into 2021. Friends, that is not the life that Jesus paid for you to have. Jesus did not pay for you to have anxiety. In fact, he paid to take that anxiety away. He paid to replace your anxiety with authority, your anxious anticipation with authoritative expectation. Come on, somebody. This is why he went to the cross. The whole purpose behind Jesus is not the Christmas season, but the Christmas spirit. The whole point behind Jesus, heaven sending Jesus, is so that Jesus can be an example for all mankind of what happens. But Christmas isn't just a holiday, but Christmas is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That Christmas isn't just a season, but Christmas is a lifestyle. Yeah. Jesus came to declare the truth to you and to me. There is more. There is a higher. There is a greater. There is more available to you underneath the Christmas tree than just what you've been taken or just what you found in your stocking or just what some other church has told you is available to you. There is more. The example that he gave was to tell you what reconciliation truly looks like. His birth was the foundation for reconciliation. His life was the example of the reconciliated life. Say the word. Of what a life looks like reconciled. His death and resurrection was the gateway. The gateway to reconciliation and his Holy Spirit that he said it's better that I go so you can receive this guy. It's what enables you to live out your reconciliation. It's what enables you to live out your reconciled nature. That hope against hope. You get to dig down deep and you get to say, no, my God is greater. My God is for me. My God is faithful. And my God will see me through. Amen. Jesus paid. To reconcile the entire world back onto himself. His whole entire existence, everything that he did, was an example of what it looks like when a believer doesn't live in anxiety, but they live in authority. When Christmas isn't just a moment in time, but it is a lifestyle. That this isn't just one day 
a year that you celebrate. But this is 365, 364 on leap year, or backwards, 366, whatever it is. That you live a life that looks like Christmas. The chief concern of heaven, if I could be so bold, is not that Jesus will hear from heaven and then speak. The chief concern of heaven is that you would hear from heaven and then speak. The chief concern of Jesus is not that he would look to heaven and then he would act. The chief concern of heaven is that he would that, that you would look to heaven and then you would act. This is what he paid for. Some of us, we are so content with Christmas being Christmas when heaven is imploring us, please, don't just celebrate Christmas, be Christmas. Amen. What are you rooted in? Are you rooted in tradition or power? Are you rooted in tradition or are you rooted in power? What is your belief system? Are you rooted in watching Jesus be Jesus or are you rooted in being Jesus to the world? Are you rooted in just watching Jesus perform miracles or are you rooted in the Holy Spirit performing them through you? What are you rooted in? Are you living in anxious anticipation or authoritative expectation? What are you rooted in this morning? And some of us, we've allowed 2020 to uproot all expectation of what God is able to do, even though he says, I can do above anything your little earthly beautiful mind that I made can comprehend. Ephesians 3.20. Matt version. Some of us, we're living lives where we feel like we are sentenced. We feel like we're living a sentenced life instead of a saved life. Some of us feel like we have been sentenced to 2020 instead of saved for 2020. Can I say that one again? Some of us have been living this year like we have been sentenced to 2020, but rather you were made for such a time as this and you were saved for 2020. You were made for this. You were born for this. You were called to lead at this time. If he wanted Moses, Moses would be here. If he wanted Jeremiah, Jeremiah would be here, but he wants Charlie and he wants Anna and he wants Phil and he wants Josh and he wants Johan. If he wanted anybody else, they would be here. Yeah. But he has reconciled you for such a time as this. You aren't sentenced to 2020. You are saved for 2020. Yeah. Can I read you one more scripture? Yes, please. Fantastic. Where's your team? I'll invite you guys up to go for a minute. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 20. It's going to be on the screen. Y'all ready? That is, in Christ God, who was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Some of us got to get that today. There is God's part, and then there is our part. God has reconciled the world back to himself. He sent Jesus so that anybody, whosoever, would call upon the name of Jesus, believe in their heart, profess with their lips, that they would be saved. Those people, I'm not counting trespasses against them. But for you guys who are going to come and follow me, I am entrusting to you this message of reconciliation. Therefore, 
So we say, therefore. therefore. Oh, whenever he says, therefore, there's an assignment. Oh, give me that homework, God. Come on. We are ambassadors. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. Come on, somebody. CJ, you shot a lot in the back, but you better believe that, boy. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Well, there ain't nothing appealing about me. No, 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 no. You are a holder. You are a carrier of the most sacred message. You are talented. You are beautiful. You are awesome. You are made with a purpose and intentionality. I don't feel very appealing. God is making his appeal through you. We implore you on behalf of Christ. This is us. This is what we get to do. This is Paul writing as the church, as Christians. This is who we are. This is our assignment. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled in this moment. Paul makes it clear the statement of the church. Take over church statement. We exist to see Jesus take over people's lives. Awesome. The statement of the church at large. We implore you to be reconciled. We implore you. We encourage you. We desperately plead. Look at our lives. Look at our God. Look what he is able to do. Because here it is. Paul is writing to the church in Corinthians. And if you know anything about Corinth, they have fallen off. Their leadership is all sinning. Nobody's winning. Ain't nobody grinning. All these things are going bad. It is completely off the rails. It is not a great place. And Paul is reminding them, this is who we are. You are so lost right now. But notice, Christians are lost right now, but God ain't holding the past against them. He's not holding the trespasses against them. Trespassing on God's territory when you're going off the range and going to all these places you shouldn't be going to and these people you shouldn't be doing it with. I'm not going to hold it against you. I already held it against Jesus. And it's because of that that we can write these letters, we can preach these messages, and we can say, hey, if you're lost right now, if 2020 has had its way with you, if you are feeling just absolutely beat down, terrified, and scared, just come home. Or see if you can make your way up. Just come home. Just come home. Paul reminds them of their identity. He says, you? You're not an alcoholic anymore. You're an ambassador. He says, you? You're not a divorcee. You're an ambassador. He said, you? You're not an adulterer anymore. You are an ambassador. He said, you? No matter what you've done or what you believe to be true about yourself, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're an ambassador. And when Paul is declaring you are an ambassador, it's shorthand for saying, hey, you feeling lost right now? Come back to the embassy. You feel beat up right now? Come back to the embassy. You feeling like everybody's just taking advantage of you? Just come back to the embassy. You feel like you got so much hate in your heart towards that person who took something from you that they never had the right to take from you, so now you live a life of offense? 
Just come back to the embassy. Just come back to the embassy. You see, the thing about an ambassador is an ambassador is someone who works for a foreign government, nation, or kingdom in a foreign land to their own. But they got this thing called diplomatic immunity. They got this thing called diplomatic immunity that means, man, when you're going through trouble waters of many kind, when accusations are coming against you, when the enemy is in your head trying to steal from you, when everything is coming down around you, when you are stuck looking at mad pornography and you can't figure out how to get out of it, diplomatic immunity? Well, that means you have the right to say passage back to your embassy. Diplomatic immunity means this world and the king of the air, devil himself. It means when I make a move against him, he can't make a move against me because I got a diplomatic immunity. I got the right to say passage. You can't bring charges up against me. I'm an ambassador. Where I go, my kingdom goes. Where I go, my nation goes. Where I go, my king's rule comes. Not yours. I'm here alone from my nation, from my government, from my president, from my king, from my lord of lords, my lord and savior. I am alone. <laughs> so where I go in this foreign land, that kingdom authority, that comes with me. Ambassadors have no use for anxiety because they're too busy exercising their father's authority. So I don't know where everyone falls in this room today. And I don't know exactly what's been going on in your life. But you are who God says that you are. You can do what God says you can do. And you have an assignment that God has given to you to be an ambassador for Christ in this foreign land called Grand Rapids, called West Michigan, called the state of Michigan. You have diplomatic immunity, which means you don't operate in fear, but you move only in faith. Yeah. Because you always have safe passage. So if you're feeling beat up in here this morning, as we get ready to sing, would you guys just rise? If you're feeling beat up this morning, if you're feeling anxious and worried about 2021, or maybe you're willing to say that right now, you don't feel very authoritative. You don't feel like you have great expectations. Can I just affirm in you that I have empathy for that? This year's been crazy. I have empathy for that. But what I have empathy for, there is an embassy you can go and you can find rest. And you can find rejuvenation. And you can find your peace. And you can find your strength. 
and you can hear the voice of your king. You can get a fresh word for your assignment, a fresh word for your marriage. You can receive a Christmas breakthrough this morning. But are you willing to press into the holy of holies, the embassy, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, his throne room where he says, approach me boldly. Ask for anything, Jesus says. Ask for anything in my name, and my God will surely do it. Today, Christmas service 2020. Let's not leave here the same hot mess that we came in at. But let's leave as a holy saint, as God's masterpiece, as an ambassador to this world. Even in the midst of a pandemic, God has promised you safe passage. Don't let that safe passage go unrealized and underutilized. This is your moment to receive your Christmas breakthrough so you can begin being a Christmas breakthrough. Amen? So as the worship team begins to sing, as they begin to prophesy, as they begin to speak about who our God is, rest in His presence, rest in His promises. Let Him be your security this season. Amen? He is the example of what it looks like when man walks out Christmas and doesn't just celebrate it. When a holiday goes from being just a holy day to being a Holy Spirit. Come on! Just start singing worship team. Let's begin to lift our hands, close our eyes, and let's engage with the presence of Jesus in here this morning. And let's not leave without what we came here for.